You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies. And I'm Cash. I'm Jake. And we are doing some more Westworld, taking a trip into this fantastic little uh, theme park that we have going. Uh, yeah. What are we on? Episode 5? Episode 5. Good old Contrapasso. I'm saying that with a question mark because I'm not <laughs> sure on the pronunciation. I'm sure you're close, but... Which is sad because I even I, or Googled this, went to Wikipedia to uh, find out the meaning of this episode. And it was... Oh, God. I'm going to butcher it now. Feeling the pain of someone else or... Uh, the opposite. The opposite pain. Or... The pain of the opposite, or something like that. It's Italian. You never really know what they're <laughs> thinking. <laughs> and, uh, but I do feel like it was very fitting for this episode. Yeah, I think it might have something to do with the Lawrence uh, character kind of being the, the opposite. opposite of what you thought he was. Because he ends up being a very powerful person in this park. Well, yeah, and he also is putting on this personification that he's with these um confederados and stuff like that and he's you know involved in all this debauchery but really it looks like he's part of a revolution Mm -hmm. so and i realize that that's all written into the script you know i'm assuming yeah so with the fact that they have such a complicated um narrative you know that they did say at the beginning the further out you get in this town the harder it will be. But this is extremely complicated, and it's fascinating how far in advance that they've gone with their narratives to give these people as much enjoyment as possible. Well, you got to assume that, I mean, I would think that a huge percentage of the people that visit the park never leave that hometown. Yeah. I mean, there's not much need. Yeah, and they, and they probably do some of the like surrounding areas, mm-hmm. but this is like way out there. Yeah, and as you Logan know. said, you know, when they found, was it Slim Jim? Slim. Slim. So I'm, I'm calling him Slim Jim from here on out. <laughs> it, it won't be for many more episodes, obviously. But that he was kind of an Easter egg. Yeah. And so, you know, this was something that maybe they weren't even supposed to find. Or no, it's just like something, if you're lucky enough to come across it, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to be Black Hat. Yeah, you know, you've been out here a few times yeah. and everything. But this thing that's starting to trigger me a little bit is how are they putting, getting lucky enough to have two people in one spot? Like, Dolores is all the way out here now, you know? Mm -hmm. That means her narrative for, like, the regular ranch, you know, people want to see her, the good girl, or go and do terrible things to her. They're not able to do that. Because she's out here with William for, we can only assume, feels like a week at least. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how long they've been out there. Um, you know, Dolores is on complete uh, improv mode yeah. now. Because as soon as she leaves her area and is in doing whatever she's doing now, she's improvising all this. So, it's kind of cool to see that, obviously. Yeah. But I am... Me and you talked about this last episode. The timeline is, is still freaking me out. Yeah. Because I can't tell if the man in black... And Dolores are on the same timeline. Well, the man black and Dolores are on the same timeline. It's just which Dolores is it? Do we think she's an older one or not? Because it feels like they pretty much took a shat on my William 30 years ago timeline. Since Logan already talked about how the creator died or an accident happened, even though something wasn't supposed to happen. 
and that this theme park is somehow hemorrhaging money right like i mean it's got to be so far in the red that we can't even fathom which right which would explain why you know teresa is all with the board talking yeah. about the future of the park and stuff like that probably looking to sell it to a you know a high bid or to another program to do something else and even goes back to ford saying he didn't or was it ford that wanted the money men and arthur didn't um yeah, i know his last episode I think it was Arthur didn't want the money. Arnold. For Arnold. Why, I keep calling him Arthur. <laughs> There's really only one A name. I mean, it's King Arthur. Like, yeah. Let's be okay. real. Okay. No Anthony's or... No. No Hopkins. Get out of here. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I'm confused. And I, I don't mean Dolores and Man in Black. I really mean William, William and Logan storyline yeah. versus... The Man in Black. W- what the Man in Black's doing right now. So... And to me, it feels like they pooped on it and these are both now in one timeline yeah but they're gonna have to explain lawrence then they uh, killed him and then just moved him right along you know it's the same reason why dolores is able to go back and talk to ford and bernard without anyone noticing they just wait for him to sleep because they got all these underground tunnels they can easily just get someone from point a to point b relatively quickly yeah i understand that i just and I mean, even when the man in black does string him up and kill him, you know, drain him in blood, and he says somebody will be along shortly. Yeah, to the little kid or whatever. Well, and that's the same little kid that Ford was talking to, right? Yeah, yeah. How far away from the pyramid are they? Like, did that kid wander completely off of his narrative? Like, we're gonna know. We're gonna find something out about this kid. Yeah, he's like some kind of scout or something. I don't know what it is yet. We're going to figure out something about him, I'm telling you. Are you you're thinking he's one of the Ford spies? or Maybe. Um, I don't know. Do we think that he's a synthetic inside of the park? Yes, I think he is a host. Okay. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, there's some shenanigans going on, okay? Mm-hmm. We find out that Boulderhead guy has a satellite transmitter hidden in his arm the, the say hidden is almost comical with how big this transmitter is it's enormous <laughs> it, it is his arm i mean like the, I there's mean, no room for the bone yeah i don't even know how this guy could use his hands or his lower half of his arm because this monstrosity that's <laughs> stuffed in there i mean it's I, like a billy club yeah it's a slapjack i mean it was enormous <laughs> Oh I, man! I've seen smaller CB antennas. Yeah, and then like when she's feeling, it, I was like, okay, you know, it's pretty wide. But then it just keeps getting wider, and I was, yeah. what is going on? That super fat block at the end of it. I'm like, good grief! What's the score to the Cowboys game, Billy? You know? Yeah. So, but also, you know, we find as the Man in Black is talking to, was it? He's talking to Teddy, or the kid, when he's like, I've cut one of you open before. And he used to be beautiful inside. And he's talking about all the circuits and everything. It was, it was talking about Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fact that that was more expensive than literally creating a human being with working organs. This tells me we're a lot further in the future if we can just make a liver like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it works. You know, I'm a, I don't know. If it's easier to make organic tissue than to make mechanical pieces 
that, I guess that could be possible, depending on what how far the technology has moved forward. I mean, may, but I mean, it feels like they're making real working liver, livers and organs for these people. Well, I agree, but you know, we're already growing organs and petri dishes, and hell, we're three D printing organs now. So I mean, it's, but I mean, we're not putting them into people, and I mean, these are. Well, they're putting them into some stuff. Yeah. They're not doing them. They're putting them in sheep and things like that already. Nah, PETA, get out of here. But I'm just saying, like, it might end up being less expensive to do that sort of thing later on. We'll see. But I don't know, man. We're all over the place right now, Yeah. first off. I mean, this episode hits so many different things. It's extremely confusing. Not to mention it's made lots of press today or yesterday. Um, with the historical orgy scene. I mean, it was a great orgy scene, don't get me wrong. But historical? Eh. I mean, I've watched Spartacus. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Spartacus is a whole other level. Um, but on a rate of who watched what, Westworld's fan base is way bigger. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. So yeah, I mean, Spartacus was Cinemax, yeah. wasn't it? Or was it Stars? No, it was Stars. Was it Showtime? <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it was all four. Yeah, it was anything but HBO. Yeah, it was probably stars. Actually, I think. Um, anyway, I'm just saying, this episode hits on so much stuff. It's almost kind of hard to podcast on it because you get like tangled up in all the webs. It seems like yes, because I mean, I mean we tried to pre-production this thing, and we've already talked about four different things that we didn't even mention. Yeah, because you just like forget. Oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, that happened. I mean, it's it's. The girl finding the, the transmitter and talking to Bernard about it, um, which means that there's somebody in the company that you know, is still trying to, s- not necessarily sabotage, but has a completely different... No, there, somebody is sending information, whether it be like GPS locations mm-hmm. or whatever that is, out to an outside source. So For some reason. Right. So we got that, right? Then we also have one of the quote-unquote butchers that may have got away from originally and we find out that he's like wants to be promoted yeah he's aspiring to do something else yeah doesn't want to be a butcher anymore so he steals a inanimate bird and decides to try to figure out how to code it in a tablet which how he got his hands on this tablet it looks like all of them have it it seems like not the butchers i mean all the you're right behavioral one he is hiding the tablet and the bird Mm mm-hmm so, I don't know. Ah. I mean, there's a lot of information, a lot of hiding, and apparently, um, these things we do know can capture things while in sleep mode, because one of the, I guess, hosts is being raped by one of the butchers. Yes. <laughs> and uh, apparently, hey, he lasted a little bit longer than, you know, three minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, bravo to him. But I just knew that this was going to come up at some point in this show. I mean, it's always great to see blackmail. God, I love it. Yeah, but you just know. That necrophilia was going to... Is this still necrophilia? I don't know what we'd call it. I mean, this could have been like a... You know, this guy was one of the butchers, too. Mm-hmm. So, if he was messing with one, more than likely it was a dead host yeah, that I he mean, was supposed to be repairing to send. So, in a way, dead, but, but not also really. inanimate gross whatever you know non-biological <laughs> if you're one of the butchers do you take this opportunity ah man 
I like to think no, I would not, <laughs> but, um, but I know about dozens of people yeah. that would. So, I don't know. Pretty tough to understand this. But like I say, this guy, first off, the other butcher freaks out on him because he stole this bird and, yeah. and he's trying to like be above his station in a way. Yeah, not wanting to get in trouble because apparently he needs this job. Yeah, and I don't know, man. It's just they throw so much information at you at once and it's just... I'm overwhelmed sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to get overwhelmed because as you're throwing this information at you, you're getting, I mean, this bird looks fantastic. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. the entire scenery in just this little boring room with glass windows is fantastic. Oh, you just eat it up. It's glorious. And all of it was just to, I guess, kind of just lead you to the fact that Maeve was going to wake up at the end of the episode. Yeah. And I mean, the why I came back to the thing that these things obviously retain information is because not only does she wake up from sleep mode, which we don't know how, you know, maybe yeah. she did her counting thing again. You know, it doesn't explain. She knows his name. Yeah. She comes out I've, and says his name immediately. It's like, Hey, we need to have a chat. Yeah. And I, I don't know about y'all, but I jumped back in my seat. I wasn't prepared for her waking up as, I mean, I should have been, but I wasn't. Yeah. I just, it was an awesome way to end the episode. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Because, you know, I was sitting there, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, they didn't get in the episode there. Okay, they could in the episode yeah. there. Well, I mean, at first I was like, man, I still, because, I, I mean, this episode felt kind of long to me just because, I mean, they were throwing so much information. I was like, yeah. whew, it's I seven minutes left, and then all of a sudden, she wakes up, we need to have a chat. It was over. I was like, whoa, wait, wait, what? Yeah. My time's gone? That's where you're like, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, don't no, stop. keep going. It can't end here. Yeah, so, so anyway, that's what's happening in the shop that we see, okay? Mm-hmm. Inside the theme park, we get the continuation of William and Logan's story. Yeah. They make their way into the Easter egg town. Which, I mean, what we were saying, like, pretty much just Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. I mean, these people are just, like, just fucking in the streets, and uh, they're getting shit waste, you know, just wasted. Yep. Um, Beautiful women just walking around naked. Yeah, like just fucking naked. To do. There, it looks like there, you can get your hands on anything you want. I mean, how is this not the town we start out in? That is the real question. Because you got to have the opportunity to go good or bad. I beg to differ. <laughs> I need to just head straight here. Yeah, I mean, that's what they call it. I mean, it's a good way of separating it. White mm-hmm. hat and black hat. So, you know, when you come into the innocuous town that has bad things happen, you know, you can prove to be good or you can prove to be bad. Yeah. You can do that. That town, that's pure black hat. You know. I'm okay with that. So, anyway... We also get the Confederados that mm-hmm. we learn a little bit about. These are the guys of the Confederate Army that just refuse to give it up. The South will rise again. We're just waiting exactly. on guns and ammunition. And apparently, what, glycerin? Uh, nitroglycerin. Nitroglycerin. Yeah. yeah, and since we live in Mississippi, this is not far from some of the truth that these people yeah. live in. I mean, we, we might know of a few uh, reenactments going on around here every once Good in a while. grief. It's some silly stuff. Is what we got here. But I did find out uh, one of my great great grandfathers did die in the Civil War down in Jackson. Well, you know, a little random fact. Shite loads of people died in that war. Well, and I mean, just the fact that, you know, I ended up back here, you know, and. True. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Mexican and Irish, you know, only came over, like, I guess at that generation. But what a strange combo, too. Mm-hmm. That's like. Yeah, I've not seen Cash yet, but. <laughs> There's no Irish that you no. can see from this child. <laughs> a lot of really Native American looking. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, some of the ones they create on this show. Yeah. It's like put a little war paint on you and it's good to go. Pretty much there. <laughs> Long flowing black hair. I love it. Okay. So they don't, well, they do introduce us to Lawrence's other character. Yes. Lawrence is Alonso. Um, Which were you expecting this? I was expecting that there would be a character that would be in two places at the same time. Mm-hmm. That would well, we didn't. What quite I was get hoping that. would explain the timeline mm-hmm. difference, but we don't get that because Man in Black kills Lawrence like the scene before. Yeah, and so we don't truly know the time gap. But I'm going to say it was probably a few hours, at minimum. You know what I mean? I just don't know. I really no. have no clue. I don't know if they made this Lawrence because Lawrence is on your mind already. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, this would be a good time to show you that. It's just so convenient. Ah, man, I just don't I, understand. This was one of the few times in the show where I was like, that's just a little too convenient that y'all, for y'all to be able to do this. That's why I don't think it's necessarily they're on the same timeline. I still, I'm still holding out a little tiny piece that they are on different timelines okay but do you think william and logan are in the past or do you think they're in the future now i think they're in the future maybe not by much by a little bit um because the man in black storyline he's he's chasing that the maze Mm -hmm. or whatever and the clues the only thing that's weird about it is i guess is ford is involved in both he is involved in both but if the man in black is in the past, that would mean he's either completed the maze, which I think will be the end of this part of the park, or what? William and Logan are somehow, not necessarily William and Logan, but Dolores is now hunting for the maze and trying to complete it because the man in black couldn't. That That's my thing. It's... I feel I feel like the Man in Black and Dolores are connected, obviously. Yeah. Because they're both working on Arnold's interest. All right. One knowingly, one unknown. Well, not really. I mean, when we get... I mean, like, I'm sorry. We are bouncing around a lot on this podcast. But when, when we see Dolores pass out, mm-hmm. and we realize she's going into another dream sequence. After she's been chasing herself through this uh, parade that was almost yeah. a Day of the Dead kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, she passes out, and it's not Bernard, but it's Ford mm-hmm. talking to her. This is where we get the great scene from the trailer where, no, I wouldn't say that. Just so much fantasticness going God, on in man. this scene. Like, I I mean, as you already know, listening to this podcast and everything, you know I kind of love these kind of scenes, just two people talking, yeah. trying to get the better of one another. My goodness. You know, you don't think anyone can hold a candle to Anthony Hopkins, especially in these kinds of things. But Evan Rachel Wood is blowing these out of the park. Oh, she's just fantastic. I've not seen her. I've only seen her in one part, and that was last episode, where I kind of got like, ew. I wish I wouldn't have wrote that way, you know? And that was the part with her, her and William talking. Yeah. And the music kind of rising. It, it looked like cheese ball. <laughs> but this episode, man, dude. Stayed dark pretty much the entire time. Hopkins is just so badass, man. And then she's so good at the whole like deadpan stare yeah. to Smiley back to her country self. Um, when he's just like clicks her off analysis. 
Well, and not only that, but I mean, I'm going to skip around, but her ability to change accents in this episode. Yes. It's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. She, I realized, I mean, it, it could have taken 15 takes for her to get yeah. it right. And there's lots of editing and things like that, but they got well, whatever. Down. Whoever's writing it, whoever's editing, they're nailing it mm-hmm. because I don't see a single hiccup anywhere in it. You know, it's just so well done. I'm sure there's CG thrown in there some because there's some weird stuff that happens with her <laughs> eyes. Um, I, I would. Love, this is one of the shows that I'm really waiting for the DVD. So I can watch like all the outtakes and the making ofs and oh, all that. Oh, the making of would be so good on this. Like, I, I really can't wait to see all oh, of that on the show. Man, I mean, they they could literally do like an inside the NFL. Oh, they should do like an inside Westworld. Yeah, you know, it would be excellent. Uh, it would almost be as good as the show. When the season's over, they could do an entire like two hour length thing. Where they just like show you how they did things. Yeah, like Showtime. Instead of giving us 24-7 boxing, give us 24-7 Westworld. Just yeah. make a deal with uh, HBO. Make it happen. I don't know. I just somehow Send us royalties. Hope, I just somehow hope this this catches on to somebody Yeah, HBO and they do this. Like hopefully there's people just out there like, I don't know, documenting how badass these people are that work on this show. I mean, there's got to be somebody behind the scenes doing all this stuff for it's us. Got to be some like, you know, commentary yeah. and interviews and videoing how they handled certain things. But anyway, yeah, that's off of that weird tangent. Yeah, um, you know, we we get a lot of information from this chat. You know, we realize yeah. that you know, thirty four years is what she ends up saying to Ford. It was the last time she talked to Arnold, right? And I mean, we had the days, hours, minutes, et cetera, et cetera, but. He also knows that she's hearing his voice. But she won't head. admit it. All right. She doesn't admit it. She goes into analysis, like yeah. you say. We find out how long ago. But then she has to admit, because she's in analysis mode, I guess. He asks, like, what was the last thing he told you? And she said, you're going to help me uh, bring this place down? So yeah. Destroy I, this place. Um, and I was like, Whoa. You know, yeah. that was like one of those first big moments of the episode. Well, my question is, do we know, like, is she f- able to fully out lie, outright lie to him when he's asking for Arnold? Or is she able to somehow compartmentalize the fact that it's not Arnold, it's just a voice that could be Arnold? And that's why she's able to say that she's not hearing his voice. See, I don't think so. It seems like if he would have asked the right question she would have while been in analysis mode. Yeah. That it probably would have came out, but whenever she goes out of analysis mode, that's what I'm saying. Like, is she able she to can compart- improvise? Yeah, is she able to cart part or whatever that word. Is she able to do that? And that's why she's able to get out of it. Possibly, I don't know because we already know that Ford has extreme control over all the hosts. Yes, like bananas. Like I don't know Darth if it's a Vader button control. or he's able to do these at command somehow. Something's going on, um, but. Man, it's just the fact that we now know that Dolores is working with Arnold basically through her devil on the shoulder. She's 100% communicating with this voice. And the only reason I'm not committing to it being Arnold is because she's somehow not committing it to be Arnold. But I mean, I truly believe it is Arnold. Yeah, I I do too. And the fact that the end of it, she's like, he doesn't know. He still doesn't know. 
I didn't tell him. But clearly he does know, and she should know that. He know he knows like the generic of what's going on, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like he knows the plot. You know what I mean? Okay. Do we well, think that she, the end game basically? Do we think that she knows about the woodcutter? Like, um, do we think that she's in that no, much of a loop? I don't think so. I think the woodcutter thing is going to have to do with. It's going to have to do with like Teresa's storyline, um, Logan's storyline, which I really hope because I really like. The actress that's playing, not Teresa, but uh, the girl who found the satellite. Yeah, yeah. But I'm really needing something more from her. Yeah, but like I say, she's still kind of playing audience surrogate. Yeah, I mean... She's 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 very logical. She's playing a very important role because, like, as we've said on the podcast, and like you just said, she's playing us. You know, she's asking the questions that we want to know about. Right. But... They're just not giving her enough. It's like she needs like one or two more minutes to get a better explanation or something. Yeah, because she's not negative towards the park. Mm-mm. She seems to love their job and stuff like that. But she's also like CSIing the hell out of this shit and yeah. trying to work it out. So that's what I'm saying. This, this whole satellite transmitter thing has to do with, I think, like Logan's company looking into what their possible future investment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But then we come down to how did they sneak this past Bernard and her? Oh no, it's not snuck past. There's some people in there's some insiders. Well yeah. I mean obviously there's insiders, but I mean this is Bernard's job. So how does he not know about this? You know, did Ford do it? No. So I mean like you're the three main people that deal with this, we assume don't know anything about it. Yeah, but you know, the transmitter guy that's got his head bashed in, yeah. they weren't allowed to look at him, remember? That they is were, true. He was taken away. It was handled was, by Teresa's department? Teresa's people. So you're thinking Teresa's doing all of this? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's it's sketchy. Yeah. You know, there's some there's some weird stuff. I somehow have a feeling that the narrator guy... Has something to do with it. Ooh, the one okay. that was talking yeah. to Teresa in like the first or second episode, talking about, you know, he thought he was the Lord, the Savior, the guy that wants to take over, replace the, yeah. Ford, and everything. Right, that guy I think has something to do with it, and I think he might be the one sneaking that transmitter into that guy and trying to. I can dig that because that guy's wandering off, like trying to get to a high place, mm-hmm. almost like, hey, I need a signal type of deal. And we haven't seen him in a while. And, yeah. I mean, that fits motive for, you know, wanting to be ruler of this place. Yeah. And maybe trying to get the new people mm-hmm. to buy it out so he, they can take him and put him in forward spots or something like that. Anyway, um, what do you think about the Dolores pass out stuff? The dream? Mm. They always say it. Dolores, do you know where you are? I'm in a dream. But they physically are in, in an office. Room. And then you better she, get back. She's always, the whoever's there is always naked. Yeah. Well, no. She's always naked. She's not with Bernard. With Bernard, she's fully clothed. With Ford, she's naked. You're right. Huh. So, I don't, I don't know. I just don't understand yet. She passes out. William and Logan are around. You know, it's not like they've, 
gone to sleep. Yeah. And she can pass out and they can freeze everybody and then have these little conversations. Because I mean, they're clearly having them. Yeah. There's guests around. So they can't just freeze it. And she's a pretty important person. Like you notice when she's not around and stuff. Right. Like William would obviously know if she's gone for more than five or ten minutes. Absolutely. And William's at her side when she wakes up. You know, it's like. So it's not like you're just going to Scooby-Doo pull somebody yeah. out. And then it's like, oh, where'd they go? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out. If these are post all of this or pre all of it. No, I'm I'm trying to figure out if they are are just physically showing what she's feeling in her head. You know what I'm saying? No, I feel like these have to be happening. Now, I, I think it just comes back to when is it happening? Are they somehow grabbing her at the perfect time to when William isn't around or the man in black isn't around? Or has this already happened or is this before it all happened and I, I think this is mainly just timeline yeah i gotta figure it out though it's driving me crazy how they because like are, are these all one i know that we have cut off points with them but for some reason i feel like these could all just be one long conversation i said like this just feels very much like a inside man you know with the clive owen and stuff like they're giving us all the information but they're not yeah, no, but I, I don't think it's one conversation, especially not with Bernard, because, you know, he'll like... You need to get back and everything. You need to get back and uh, delete our last conversation. True. You know what I mean? Things like that. So, man, I, just, I hope it's fully explained and understandable in the end, because I definitely do not understand it right now. Because they always ask her, do you know where you are? She says, I'm in a dream. And, like I said, Bernard, she's fully clothed. Ford, she's naked. But she always wakes up, and she's still right there next to the host, or to guests and stuff like that. Fully like, clothed, ready to go. And it's fine. At least with the Bernard conversation. It makes a little bit more sense. It was always in her, she would died, yeah. and then she would wake up in her bed. You know, so it's like, oh, okay. I can see how you fit That makes no sense. You know, it's like the decomp. Yeah, you know, even... Even when he, she falls asleep next to the campfire, when she first runs into Logan and William mm -hmm. in the woods or whatever, I can understand that. Yeah. To an extent. They were asleep, maybe. And they could actually get her and something like that. But, I mean, that's still so risky. Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. So, the logistics of this, I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. We'll move to the man in black a little bit. Man in Black, walking around with Lawrence. Um, and Teddy. You know, he, he, good old Teddy. Teddy's uh, uh, falling off the horse, not looking good at all. Running out of blood and stuff. And, I mean, the Man in Black gets just a very small amount of information. And this little boy comes up. He's like, hey, you know, give me some water, yada, yada, yada. He's like, oh, I just filled up water. What's that for? Ah, you're just not the person I need, Lawrence. And slits his throat. Dead. Yeah, he just... He said, I thought you were, but you're not. And I mean, just brutal. meticulously sets down a water bag. Mm -hmm. Then slices Lars's throat, strings him up by his feet, and bleeds him out into the Slow bag. Slow bleeds him like he's getting ready to barbecue him. Yeah. Ready to know that extra tender meat. Like he's, yeah, a, a cow at the slaughter. And uh, this... We've seen a lot of brutal things on this show. 
Oh, this is pretty wicked right Th- here. This is one of the ones up there. Yeah. And then to find out that he's actually bleeding him out so he could use pump Lawrence's blood into, into Teddy. Teddy to rejuvenate Teddy. Which he just kind of guessed that this would work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it uh, I'm sure you're all O positive. You know, just in case something bad happens. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Android blood. Uh, <laughs> but he was like, <laughs> he said, I imagine you're feeling pretty good now that you're full of Lawrence. I was like, wow. I mean, um, what a line. I just, but I, I mean, love this guy on the show. Yeah. Ed Harris was the perfect casting call. And then with Teddy being the perfect, like, whipping boy. Like, just constantly just beating him over the head with how miserable he is. <laughs> oh, I mean, he gets beat even worse later on in the episode, too, when they're talking to Ford. But, I mean, the fact that he makes this gut call just because of Wyatt. You know, Wyatt was just introduced, like, two episodes ago. And yeah. the man in black is able to infer all of this because Teddy just somehow got this narrative. Like, how does the man in black know about this? Man, I don't. The only thing is, is that we we know that the man in black has been coming here for so long. Yeah, it's like he says he knows every page of the book. He's read every page except for the last page. But I mean, the man in black was inside of the theme park. From what we can gather, he was inside the theme park when Ford pulled Teddy out and gave him this narrative. There is no reason for the man in black to know about. Wyatt and Teddy's history. Don't know. You know, I mean, that, that is a question that I just cannot wrap my fingers around. I, like I said, I feel like I miss some things sometimes. Like, even a sentence that would explain everything that maybe I just missed and I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, but, I mean, obviously he knows Teddy's important. Yes. And, and he, he just got, hasn't uh, seen it until right now. Yeah. And, of course, we get the little kid again. The random kid that Who Ford you, spoke yeah. to, and now he's back. I mean, it's simple stuff. Hey, go fetch me some water. Um, but, I mean, seeing this kid again, it's not by accident. No. No, this is definitely going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... He doesn't mm-hmm. react at all to seeing Lawrence strung up. No, he's just like, ah, someone will be back for him in a little bit. Yeah. There's no reaction. It's not, like, terrifying. He's not, he's not a guest. He's a host, obviously. At least I think it's obvious that he is. Um, so I don't know. You know, when he meets Ford, he's like he was on a vacation with his parents and he was bored. And yeah. he just like wandered off. But there's a reason turns he was, out he was just, Ford. He's just That's just part of the narrative. Yeah. That he's a, a Western family that's in there or whatever. But uh, yeah, man. Like I said, just more stuff to throw and pile on top of you. No clue. Like, just none at all. And then we get the Ford and Man in Black slash Teddy sit down. And... Now you're talking about super heavyweight acting chops right here. Yeah. And then there's Teddy. <laughs> this was my favorite thing, though. He just, you know, he sat down, he got some drinks, he said, I said I don't want any company. And then he realized it's Ford, and yeah. I was like, man, yeah. And he greets him like they're old friends. Yeah, like they've known each other forever, and it really is. Yeah, you know, thirty pretty years. aware of him. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that Ford has taken this time to meet this person before is kind of an astonishing thing. But that's the thing. I, I mean, I understand. You know, you've been coming here for thirty-four years and whatnot. But 
you know, I, I've worked at companies for four years and the owner still doesn't even know who I am. Yeah, but he says some stuff in this in this thing where he like, if it wasn't for me, this wouldn't be here or something. Man, the man in black explains something that like he saved this park. Yeah. In a way. We know the man in black is a rich man outside of this park. Yes. In the real world, whatever. And it seems like to me that possibly after the Arnold debacle when he died in the park or whatever, Mm -hmm. that this guy swooped in and saved the park with an investment or whatever. Not that maybe he's not the owner, but he's like, there's a reason he gets carte blanche inside the park. Yeah. You're thinking he's the top investor or... Yeah, I wouldn't say he's like the boss, but I'd say he is maybe the reason that the place is still open. Yeah. You know, and They're able to hemorrhage money because he doesn't really care until he figures out the secret. Maybe so. Maybe it's his money that's hemorrhaging. Yeah. And he has so much it doesn't make a difference. Or... Like I said, like uh, he's just the one that stepped in and saved the place before it could get, you know, back to making money. But well, from what we find out, it's hemorrhaging money. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's really worried about know. his money. But I mean, we also get there, there's this theory out there that the Man in Black and Arnold could be brothers. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. How, how do you feel why, about this? Why is he so hell bent on wanting to figure out Arnold's end game? Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't understand it yet. And, and like, Ford is he trying to prevent? It doesn't seem like he's trying to prevent the Man in Black from getting to Arnold's end game. No, it doesn't. And it almost seems like he's encouraging it a little bit. And it also seems like Ford's like this narrative was going he was planning on it being his final narrative mm-hmm. it's what it feels like to me um so if that's the case then why not encourage him and you know maybe this is ford's intentions but he's asking him questions like you know why do you want why are you on this mission or whatever why do you want to get to the center of the maze what's i don't know man yeah i mean and just like the person that i am right now is just like what is the maze what does this thing symbolize and yeah i don't know and the thing of it is is i almost don't think it is a maze i think it looks like a maze it it also could look like like a circuit board almost or something i mean if you're saying circuit board i'm just gonna think the motherboard right something like that like you know is it something that allows is this what allows for to control all the host that's what i was thinking was that maybe there's just something inside the host or inside Ford because we once again find out that Ford has just uncanny control. Yeah, because the man in black tries to make a move and Teddy's just, no, that's not going to go down like that. I mean, I'm not even sure he even tried to make a move at all. (laughs) But as soon as he pulled his knife, Teddy snatched that thing up didn't matter how much it hurt him. Didn't matter mm-hmm. anything. He just became literally well, like robotic. Teddy wasn't even bleeding when he grabbed that knife. Oh, he was when when he opens his hand. I uh, was he? Because yeah. I was looking intently and everything. And I was like, I don't see any blood no. coming out. When he opens his hand up, his it's bleeding. Well, I guess Lawrence was bleeding. Yeah. Um. So it's just like 
either there's an automatic response to protect Ford mm-hmm. or Ford can control. And I got to assume that Ford can control because he controlled an entire plantation of people. Yeah, I'm going with control. And then even though Teddy grabs the knife, everybody else in the place stops moving too. Yeah. You know, it's something going on there. Now, do you think he could have gotten Teddy to kill or injure the man in black? Do you think he's overwritten their code that much? Um, or do you think it's just like a pure fear thing? I don't think he can have him kill. But it's just like we talked about the Good Samaritan rule. Yeah. It's like if somebody was about to harm a guest, the host would step in as Good Samaritans and protect the guest. Which is kind of a perfect segue for Dolores. Somewhat. Yes. Um... She became a badass. Yes. And even uh, William became a badass when they were stealing the nitroglycerin. He kills okay. the two people initially, and then there's a pause. And I even tweeted at Jimmy Simpson about this. Like, when you kill two people, you get that change of look in your eyes. Like tunnel vision. And then you'll just mow down the third person, no problem. Well, they, they showed something. They showed a... It's like he didn't want to hurt anybody, but as soon as somebody threatened Dolores... He became a different person. He just like clicked on the crazy and yeah. just blazed these dudes. Um, and then you kind of get in the end, too, with Dolores. As soon as William's threatened, she mows these guys down. Oh, my God. Just like the accuracy and everything. You know, we go... was it? Two episodes ago or last episode, she could barely even hold the gun. Yeah, but then remember the next time we saw her with a gun, mm-hmm. she's just blazing stuff. So yeah. it's But I mean this like I mean she just pulls from the hip, mows everybody down, and then he was like, How did you do that? I just imagine the scenario where I didn't need to be the damsel in distress. Yeah, where I'm no longer the damsel. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. She's literally improving Yes. Like different scenario for herself. But I mean now, I mean, we're she's come so far. I don't know if she's far off from being able to kill somebody. Like an actual guest. It's possible. It's very possible. And like I said, we're not so sure about the gun she has. The gun she holds could possibly be a legit yeah. killing gun. But also, uh, Host almost killed Logan. You know, if William doesn't save him, I'm not sure if the Host doesn't Maybe. kill Maybe. We're not sure about that yet. Yeah, I mean, we're not sure, but... He was being choked out for a good long minute. Yeah, I agree. But he got up and it was like, whoa, yeah, you know what well, I mean? Well, I mean, I think that was just adrenaline. You know, that's the thing he's he's been missing. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I just, I'm not sure there would be a finishing blow. You know what I'm saying? I don't the re- know. The re- main reason I say it okay. is the close to the end of their storyline, um, you know, this is after the huge orgy and mm-hmm. everything like that. Logan's getting his ass kicked. Yes. And they're dragging him off. And he's begging William to come help him. Yeah. And William just says, F him. You know, and they start to leave. Logan smiles. Well, I think he was just kind of happy because, you know, I mean, he berates William. Oh, yeah. I mean, just humiliates him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying... I bet that was the best day of your life. You know, you became executive vice president, which, I mean, I guess we can talk about this company a little bit. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, do we think that the outside world is going to play a major role in this season? I don't know. I mean, that they're, they're. I mean, we. I think it will. We found you know they're hemorrhaging money. They. This is like the second or third time they've brought up their positions. Yeah, yeah. this is why I think Logan, Teresa, narrator guy, William, the transmitter. Yeah. Uh, that they found. I feel like all that's connected to outside influences affecting the park. Okay. Okay. Like whether it's Logan's company possibly wanting to buy the park. Which I think we kind of need to talk about the youth of Logan and William. I mean, they seem to be 30 to 40 years old, I would say. You know, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. Logan can go late 30s easy. Uh, William, seem, William looks a little more haggard, I guess. Yeah. But they both look like they they're probably in their forties. They seem relatively young to be this high up. Yeah, but Logan also comes off as an arrogant trust fund baby. Okay, you know I what I'm saying. That. And William look, you know, could come off as a hardworking, you know, from made man basically bottom to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, worked his ass off. Whereas Logan, you know, he's, he's petulant. That's douche. where it comes off as I bet that was the best day of your life. Versus yeah, yeah. I mean, you see where he wants to go. He's always he's had everything handed to him, it seems like. You know what I mean? Pedestal kid. Silver spoon meat mouth. Yeah. So, like I yeah. said, I'm sorry we're skipping around so much on this because so much happens. Yes. But, yeah, I, I do They steal think- the nitroglycerin <laughs> um, for Alonso slash Lawrence, uh, to, supposedly to give to the Confederados. Yeah. All right. Confederado is super excited. They're throwing this big party and stuff like that. Little do they know, Lawrence is double-crossing them. He's filling the nitroglycerin bottles with tequila and then pumping the nitroglycerin into Slim's body, who died when they yeah. were stealing nitroglycerin. Obviously. So, which I don't know much about nitroglycerin, but can would it not just melt a body? I don't know if it's like that. I don't really know. Yeah. Hey, I'm no doctor, physicist, you know, anything. I don't think he named anything that was Biologist, really <laughs> uh, scientist of any kind. We'll go with scientist. But I just, it's cool, first off. Yeah. Because um, they have like four coffins that they load up that are obviously full of nitro. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. We learned that Lawrence is actually not trying to help the Confederados. And Clearly. that this big orgy party and stuff like that was, was just a huge distraction yeah. to get them, their minds on what, you know, debauchery while they took care of the nitro. And I mean, they find out in the dumbest way possible that this is a nitroglycerin by just Morons. throwing a bottle. Drunk f- idiots. How um, anyone could have thought that this was a good idea. And then the captain and Logan are just like, <laughs> like having a blast watching yeah. this shit get tossed around. And then when one finally does hit the the ground and shatter, everybody like winces and you know cringes back. Yeah. Like yeah, dummies. What do you think was gonna happen? They almost just melted all your skin off. Ah, uh, I don't know. Which this, yet again leads me back to the thinking of how did they just pump slim full of nitroglycerin? Yeah, this is always a thing. Um, it's been in countless TV shows, yeah. and countless movies about the Wild West nitroglycerin. And everybody's always scared to shake it too much or drop it, obviously, and things like that. 
I don't know how really volatile this stuff is. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we just don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, he's willing, Logan's willing to allow this to happen and stuff and not be nervous for the fact of them finding out it's not nitroglycerin, it's just like, why, why is Logan the first person that you're accusing for this to be the pull the be- wool over our eyes? Because Logan and William are the ones that took it. Oh yeah, I mean, brought I, it to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that portion of it, but when if you're able to look back for a second and be like, well, he probably wouldn't have wanted us to find this out, and he probably would have been as far away from us as humanly possible. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just I'm too <laughs> logical for like when those kind of things happen. Like that's one of my first thoughts. I understand, but I mean, but it's coming from the audience member versus being in the situation. It's easier to look at it through hindsight. Agreed, agreed, but. Also, I wouldn't be surprised that somebody that was connected to the actual heist, if they were in the area, that they would try to beat answers out of them. Yeah. Like, what the hell? So, But, I mean, like, as you said, you know, Logan smiles as William leaves him and everything. Mm-hmm. And so do we think that Logan's now got a newfound respect for William? Or, like, do we think that maybe. this is going to come back and hurt William in the long run? Or maybe Logan's just happy that William finally sacked up and now he knows he's capable of yeah. doing things like this because because I believe you said he chose him because he knew that he was no threat to him yeah like he chose him to come to do this because he knew he was no threat to anyone almost like he needs him to have a killer spirit or you mm. know what I mean like he needs yeah. to be darker in order for them because for him to yeah. do what they need him to do because William's marrying Logan's sister, right? It seems that way. And so, I guess there's just bigger plans for him in the outside world. I'm interested to see what their company is. Well, see, it, it looks like Logan's dad is the boss man. Mm-hmm. right? Like I said, Logan's a trust fund kid. But Logan also has a sister. Sister's probably fully loaded too. Hardworking guy. Engaged in, in his sister. Yeah wants to make sure he was never given a handout, which is what he's arguing about. You know, he gets the executive vice president thing, wants to make sure it's not a handout and stuff like that. And the guy's saying, no, you worked hard, blah, blah, blah. But I bet that was the best day of your life. Really yeah. just trashes him. And this is where you see William almost throttle him, you know, and, uh, and basically just says, fuck it. I'm done with you. Yeah. You know, um, Along while this is going on too, we get Dolores kept seeing herself. Mm-hmm. She's not a fan of all the debauchery going around. Ends I up in why. some, you know, yeah, like, as we tarot said card reader. Well, yeah, I guess it was a tarot card reader, and then part of like the Day of the Dead celebration almost looked like right. But she goes to tarot card reader, sits down, pulls a card, sees herself holding the cards, mm-hmm. freaks out, tries to leave. William catches her. They try to run. Of course, they get stopped in the alleyway. We find yeah. out Dolores is an absolute badass, can improvise herself not being the damsel, blows all those dudes away. Awesome. That's kind of where we leave it. For the most part. I mean, there's not much more that we miss, I don't think. You know, we might have jumped around it a little bit and stuff. but I think I, this is an episode I feel like I could watch again. Because I, I do feel like I missed some stuff. And again, probably, probably about four times. I, I just feel like I missed some of the nuances or the little tiny things that happened between the man in black and Ford, the man in black and Teddy, 
Um, Ford and Dolores. Ford and Dolores. Dolores and William. Pretty much, you know, all of the interactions. There was probably two or three hidden meetings that we just didn't catch. Yeah, because you're distracted by all the shit around them. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much going on, and then it's just so infatuated with everything they have on the screen that you almost literally can't pick up on everything. So, I don't know. I, I kind of want to see, what do you think Maeve is going with all of this? You know, is she going to try to look around again? Is she going to look for Hector? You know, what are the implications? Because is this guy going to be able to hold this secret and just put her back into Westworld without anybody knowing? I have a feeling that Maeve's going to have something to do with the livestock. Okay. Like, here she is. She's awake. She's Mm -hmm. in a normal world, right? She's got this guy. This guy is clearly kind of meek and... But also very curious because he and noticed curious. that she was, it looked like she was digging for that bullet that they didn't know that they left inside yeah. her. So, I have this weird feeling that she's going to somehow get to the livestock. Okay. And that'll be her thing is maybe turning on all of them or whatever. I don't so, know. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out, because clearly this is really important. Yeah, it is somehow. Because, but I just don't know where it can lead to. Like I, I don't understand the significance of it yet. I guess I don't either. And if somebody finds Maeve, mm-hmm. like somebody other than this butcher kid, then she'll be shut down and shut in the livestock. Well, do we think that this is where the other girl who found the satellite in the arm? Do we think that this is where her role is leading to? It could be. You know, do we think that she's going to see that Maeve can turn herself on and off? And realize that maybe one or two other people. And that she sides with them in a way. Possibly. And Maeve's probably going to want to find out why she's having memories of a... Indian. Pack of Native Americans attacking her family. And yeah, stuff. her and her daughter. Yeah. Like, and where's my daughter? And what's going on? Like, I just... I don't know yet. I look forward to finding out. But don't no, know. I mean, do we have faith in it? We, us finding all this out. I mean, we, we've we burned through five episodes and we only have five more. Nah, these writers are too good. Yeah. I don't, I don't see them leaving any stone unturned. Okay. I think they're just, they're too solid. No, I mean, I, I agree with you and everything. Oh, and Rock Guy smashing his head? Yeah, it wasn't Orion because Orion's yeah. belt doesn't have this or like that. But she also finds out the, you know, she has a satellite thing in there. But what did she say that he was carving? coordinates or yeah, something like I that i think he was pinging coordinates something yeah uh so pretty just, cool yeah so much information and i mean if y'all caught something that we didn't catch or you know you just want to elaborate on something that we hit on you know please hit us up facebook or just laugh at us for being so everywhere in this episode. yeah you know i mean this i mean i don't know i still had a lot of fun and loved it uh, oh, i think Alex. we ended up hitting everything it's fantastic and uh, it's just, like I said, it's so hard to talk about this episode because yeah. it's just so much. But, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, if y'all liked our theories, have some own theories on your own. You know, I mean, this is why we're doing this because we want to hear as many theories as possible. And, you know, we want to be able to bounce those off each other and with y'all. So, I mean, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook at Bleed TV Podcast or email us at Bleed TV Podcast at gmail.com. And um, um, until next week, I'm Cash. And I'm Jake. <laughs>